Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Anthony John Agnello, Senior Social Editor at Games Radar, and this is Radio Radar, episode 76. This week on the show, we dive deep into the newly revealed Xbox Scorpio details and talk about what would bring us back to the Xbox after a few rough years. After that, we talk a little bit more about Horizon Zero Dawn, and finally, we look at a very, very cool movie called Your Name. Listen on. I'm gonna take this itty-bitty world by storm, and, and I'm, I'm just, just getting, getting warm. Just like Muhammad Ali, they call me Cassius. Watch me bash this beat like a skull that you know why beef with all right you know what I'm not even I'm not even there because as soon as I started to get more and more into Mama said knock you out I was just picturing promos for NCIS and oh, like L- yeah like LL buddy boy he's a gorgeous man though he is, he ladies is love attractive him. an attractive fellow he is I never understood the one leg thing though yeah, I don't that know. Was dumb. I don't know. It's dumb. I, who who knows? It's it, uh, you know it's not dumb. Radio radar is not dumb. Oh, I would Radio's argue dumb. that. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> it's yes, line. everybody. Hello, welcome to Radio Radar episode seventy six. My name is Anthony John Agnello. I am joined by my wonderful co-hosts, uh, executive editor Susan Arndt. Hello. By the way, just go, just go look up. Uh, LL Cool J, Mom Said Knock You Out, Unplugged. That's what you want. That's the stuff. Yeah, there you go. Uh, And we also have staff writer Dave Roberts. Head like a shark's fin. (laughs) We have done head like a shark's fin, right? We have, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we've done that as a a slow jam. And then we told everybody to go watch Deep Blue Sea. Right. Oh, did we we tell people to watch Deep Blue Sea? I hope so. Oh, that movie's terrible. I mean, it's it's a good kind of terrible. All right, Susan, yeah. level with me. How many cinematic experiences out there allow you to see Thomas Jane in a wetsuit punching a shark in the face? <laughs> where else, Not where enough else can you get that? is the answer to that. <laughs> you know, I always, I, like, I delight in the idea that there are kids watching Deep Blue Sea for the first time. Like, they're, like, sitting there like, what movies have been bootlegged onto onto youtube and they happen upon that oh samuel l jackson and i just delight in knowing that they are seeing all of that everything that happens in deep blue sea (laughs) from the cg sharks that look only slightly better than the deer on walking dead (laughs) you're not wrong oh man yeah by the way susan i was you you finally finished your your exile in Walking Dead season seven town. Yes. Last week you finally were freed. Yes. And I I was promoting some of our Walking Dead seven stuff, looking back at your your articles about it, and just looking at screenshots and clips from it. And I was like, you know, guys, why did you even try to do the storyline from the comics? Like, why have Negan when you know you're gonna need a computer animated cat and you can't afford Forward, a, cu- a computer well, animated no, I animals. Mean, Sh- Shiva, the, Shiva the tiger, the few times she was in the show, sure worked great. Mm. I mean, she she really did. She was she was convincing. She moved appropriately. She looked like she was actually there. 
uh, they sold the tiger, the deer, and the junkyard. The <laughs> junkyard. They couldn't pull off a junkyard. Like, they couldn't yeah. just go find a junkyard, <laughs> which is a thing that still exists. And mm-hmm. just, hey, we need to rent your junkyard for a day. We're just going to have this guy climb on top of this hill so we can talk to people. Okay? It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, fine. be fine. And it'll be like, sure, you can borrow my junkyard. Right? Like, no. It just fill it with empty cardboard boxes like in Future War. They could fist fight a generic Jean-Claude Van Damme. So, so bad. And My- the thing, here's here's what really gets me about the this entire Walking Dead journey. Now, I want to make it clear. If you are still watching The Walking Dead and you're still enjoying it, that makes me happy. I am glad because I want people to enjoy things. Like, I, <laughs> I, I really do. But if you're coming at me telling me that this show is good... <laughs> Yeah, get it out. Stop it. No, get it's it not. It's okay if you like something that's bad. Really. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean you have bad taste. God knows I'm still watching new Doctor Who, and that shit hasn't been good for years. But I love it. <laughs> Is Doctor Who bad now? Oh, yeah. I yeah. want I want to talk about video games for everybody, but before we get there, like, is Doctor Who... Because I quit halfway through Matt Smith's tenure. Yeah. And it was always just like, oh, I should keep watching, no. I should keep watching. No. But like, you know, the the chick from Guardians of the Galaxy's boyfriend became a Roman legionnaire and whatnot, and I was like, what? I'm no, I'm there out, are guys. there are moments of brilliance, like actual genuine brilliance, peppered throughout uh the show. But by and large, like taken as an entire thing is not good. Not good. It's not. Mm. And I mean, I will I will watch it until they take it off the air because I have been watching it since I was about eight years old and I have a deep, 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 deep love for it. But I am under no illusions. <laughs> like when I start, you know, all you need to do to really like understand how bad it is, just get a non Hoovian in the room with you and just pick it pick an episode at random. Like don't cherry pick the good ones. <laughs> just choose and just like watch the you have to answer their questions during yeah, the, the show like why the, why is like, the girl from Game of Thrones here well <laughs> it's complicated you see that, that's kind of what happened to me like a friend of mine put on an episode was like you gotta watch Doctor Who it's great and I watched it's like this looks like a like a bad soap opera like who put Vaseline <laughs> all over the lens like I can't do. It. I can't do. Well, it. that's the BBC charm. That's right. the BBC show charm. I'm, I mean, okay. That. I I will forgive them somewhat uh, ropey special effects and stuff because you know money, uh, right. And that's and that's fine. And you don't need like the old show had like five dollars to spend yeah. on an episode, and they still managed some really really great stuff. My favorite episode. I've said this before, but it's still a fun story. Uh, is is uh, the Ark in Space, in which uh, the Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith go to a space station that has been overrun by what looks like a giant caterpillar. And it touches one of the crew members and infects him, so he starts turning into a giant caterpillar. So there's this really dramatic scene, because he's been, he's been walking around with his hand in his pocket, and he's acting really strange, and he goes into this room by himself, and he dramatically pulls his hand from his pocket so that you can see it is transforming. And it's wrapped in bubble wrap that's been painted green. <laughs> it is straight up bubble wrap. But here but here's the thing. Like that It like, works. It works. Yeah, that visually, visually it works, mm. but he dramatically in frustration 
begins pounding his fist on the counter. Uh, oh, no. And the bubbles start popping. <laughs> and he's got to go on. He's just got to keep going with it. It's magical. It's so good. I mean, maybe, like, I like I kind of love the commitment to the craft. Be like, this is what terrifies me. If my hand turned into spray-painted green bubble wrap, I would be horrified, too, even as it comically pops. <laughs> like, like, no! That's making it worse! They won't reinflate. Uh, so good. Everybody, if you're if you're listening to this, being like, God, they're talking a lot about movies from 1997 and uh, how bad Doctor Who is. The reality is is that in the past week, the flood of spring video game releases finally stopped. We had a one week respite where there wasn't a million things coming out, and uh, that's picking back up this week. A million things are coming out again. Ukulele, which ukulele, which has been getting exactly the critical response that I thought it would, because this is what happens when you release a game that is basically twenty years old in twenty seventeen. People are like, "Why is this antiquated?" But the big news last week, in the absence of major releases, was Microsoft announced the the final specs for Xbox Scorpio which is not what it's called, the successor to the Xbox One, but that is what we're going to refer to it as because it makes life easier. From here on out, we'll just say Scorpio. Hank Scorpio, <sighs> Xbox. Hank, yeah, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Hank Scorpio. So if you have seen the specs, you have, you have found that this machine is uh, a little bit more powerful than a PlayStation 4 Pro on paper. Uh, it will support Ultra 4K Blu-ray, Dave Roberts, the yes. one guy who's going to buy an Ultra 4K Blu-ray I don't have a 4K t- My point with the PS4 Pro is that if you are buying it and you have a 4K TV, it's nice to have the option there. Right. That- right. Anyway. So, the, the there, there was a lot of interest in the Scorpio specs uh, in the Games Radar community. And it spurred some discussion amongst the editors. And last week, you know, not only that, there was the screenshot of Phantom Dust. And I feel like the staff collectively was like, hey, what about this old Xbox series? What about Gun Valkyrie and Brute Force and Crimson Skies? Right, Gun Valkyrie! Brute Force was fun, too. And anybody who wasn't is lying. I I mean, it's so easy to make fun of Brute Force because pairing... There was like... A, a moment in time where every woman in a video game, this is like 1998 to about 2003, every female lead in a video game had short crop, like had a red bob, yeah. essentially, yeah. and leather underpants. Y'all remember outfit. Sudeki? Sudeki! She had a blue bob. Yes. <laughs> it was a blue well, bob. Well, I mean, here's, because here's the thing. Hair is a bitch to animate, so when yes. you had a chick... She was either the pixie cut, mm-hmm. uh, the bob, or a ponytail. Yeah, that's it. Anything because anything any... that could be a helmet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> anything else looked terrible. Yeah. So, I, but like, this is the thing. That's we always have this response when we talk about old, like original Xbox series, Crimson Skies. We're all like, oh, oh yeah, Phantom Dust, ooh, Gun Valkyrie. Good. That's uh, we always have that place. Uh, 
But when we talk, like, we, there's that enthusiasm for the Xbox of old, but then we're like, hey, you gonna buy a Scorpio? We all are like, oh, I just need to get something from my car. And then, <laughs> Hold on. Then the sound of keys, the engine revving, and then right. driving away. Right. And you the- just hear, like, as you run away yeah. really quickly. Uh, <laughs> I will answer so, your question, but first, I but, just I just need to get something from my car. I'll be right back. Right back. Yes. Uh, I, so my question for both of you is this is the reaction we have. The Xbox One is a perfectly competent video game machine. We're not taking that away from it. There's a great library there, but not so much with exclusives, and the luster on the Xbox brand has dimmed a little. Uh, This has happened to every uh, platform maker out there. Sony has come back from it. Nintendo has come back from it. Sega died as a (laughs) platform holder. They didn't come back from it, but... By and large, people come back from this. What would convince you, Susan, mm. to buy an Xbox Scorpio? What would get you excited about the world of Xbox again? Gosh. Honestly, what you would have to do is I would need to see a resurgence of games that I am interested in because as the Xbox One lifecycle has gone on, the games that it is championing, championing, um, are not the games that I gravitate towards. I don't care about Gears. I don't care about Halo. I don't care about Forza. These are just not my jam. Not, I'm not saying they're not good games. They're just not my jam. So I don't. Those are not a draw for me. But honestly, so so I would need, I would need to see a, a wider audience appeal mm. there. I'd also, I find the aesthetic and the UI so off-putting. Yeah. I hate turning the damn thing on. Now, I freaking loved my 360. I, I, it was the exact reversal of what we have right now. I, I had a PS3, but I never used it except for those rare instances when I had no choice, like for a Persona or for Africa or for, you know, whatever, Uncharted. Mm. Tokyo Jungle. Tokyo Jungle, yes. <laughs> Goddamn right, Tokyo Jungle. Uh, because I just, I loved my 360. It was so easy to use. It was so pleasant to use. It was awesome. And the one just feels, A, it feels obtuse to me, and it, it, it feels very dude. Hmm. Like, very shooter dude. Yeah. Uh, and, and not even yeah, it, like it, correct me if I'm wrong, Susan, mm-hmm. because it's it, it's almost the it's like the end point of the like we have the image of the Xbox 360 dude bro in our heads, mm-hmm. but I feel like the Xbox One dude is like the the like 35 to 50 year old always has the newest tech in his home, but none of it is ever turned on. It's just there on his shelf to look cool. <laughs> well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. Uh, That's like it, the dude, like, the dudeness of that has, like, the really expensive razor in his bathroom, but it's clearly never been used. <laughs> he, My, he's, the guy, he's the guy with the 4K TV, the Xbox One, and a Blu-ray copy of Planet Earth that he watched once <laughs> yeah, to show yeah. off his TV. Yeah. Now my my when I say it's very dude what I what I'm really saying is 
it really feels like to, it to me it feels directed at people who take gaming way too goddamn seriously yeah right like it does mm-hmm. not feel like someone who hey you know the the kids are at a birthday party so i'm i actually have the afternoon to myself I'm mm-hmm. going to play some games. It doesn't like it doesn't feel like it suits that person. It doesn't feel like the person who who spends a lot of their time gaming but is just chill with it. It just feels like it's only interested in its audience being people who think gaming is really important. Mm. And and it's important that everybody like the same platform and raw, you know? And that that's just the vibe I continually get from it, from everything from its UI to its marketing, all of it. Totally, yeah, and and it's it, not only that, but like we're all about that person who takes gaming way too seriously, elite pro gamers, blah. right? But but without actually serving them, <laughs> like without right. without actually without giving, giving them the games that they, <laughs> that yeah. They want. Okay, but the pro yeah. controller is actually that damn good. Yes, well, the it pro is. controller is that good, yeah. sir. But but nothing in the UI, no. like the fact that that the the Xbox Live Party system is still broken it's garbage. Xbox One. It's garbage. And still, man, uh, I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the Xbox 360 is now my family's living room machine again. Because all of the gaming gear is in my office on that TV. And we needed something to be like our living room television box, which has become the 360. And that thing is still, like, I ter- we, we use it almost every day. And when I turn that thing on, I'm like, why is the Xbox 360 still so good? Like, it's still freaking perfect. And when you turn it, it on, that UI, yeah, th- th- yeah, that UI is, it, 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 here is everything you want. Mm-hmm. It's bright, it's happy. Uh, I did have this experience that really bummed me out is when you go into your friend list in the Xbox 360, I had forgotten that your friend list has everybody's fake me avatar oh yeah yeah, avatar. yeah and so they're all the only way they activate is not if that person's on xbox live but if they're using their 360 right so they're all asleep. so it so they're all asleep it's like the saddest cryogenic freeze chamber <laughs> but here's the thing you could i i feel like if you want to throw a 10 year old at the 360 it's a great yeah. experience yeah. Right? Totally. Like, no matter who you invite to use your 360, it can be a positive, intuitive experience for them. I don't feel that way about the Xbox One at no. all. Yeah. It's bad. And it's the Scorpio. Still bad. So, like, the Scorpio, it's for you then, Susan. Like, it does, who cares how powerful it is? Yeah, when, I, don't give it, I don't care. Like, these, these boxes cares? are already super powerful. Like, if it's your jam that you want, you know, the best of the best of the specs and you have a really great TV, awesome. Then I am glad that there is something that will serve you. But for me, the boxes are already plenty powerful, so I don't care about specs. Yeah. Yeah. And I like every single time Microsoft has talked about the Scorpio, you know, at E3 last year was the first moment that they had that bizarre sizzle reel of, of developers being like, it's the most powerful console ever made. And you could just hear the crowd being like, uh-huh, cool. What what are we gonna play on it? What are we gonna do? <laughs> like okay, here's what are we the, gonna do on it? Here's the thing: that whole thing to me is just look how big our dick is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and is. and like and there are reports that it, like 
uh, Square Enix told, I think told Famitsu, uh, that they are basically going to prioritize Nintendo Switch development over Xbox Scorpio development. Like, not that they're not going to make Scorpio games, just that they are going to make more games for... Um, Nintendo Switch because probably because it's cheaper and easier to develop for sure. and uh, I imagine that uh, the Nintendo Switch will handily outsell the Xbox Scorpio um, over the, the next coming years especially with Japanese audiences like Xbox never landed with with a Japanese audience, and um, well, neither neither did 360. I mean, no, that yeah, well, that's like just Xbox in general never right. really landed. And whatever whatever Japanese games they got were were basically Microsoft going out to them and saying like, we want you to make games for a platform because we want to appeal to this base of of game both in the East and the West. And then, but like the audience for those games never came to 360 or Xbox One for those games. Uh, so you like my favorite games this year. Uh, are like Yakuza Zero, Near Automata, and Persona Five, which are all PS4 exclusive, and they all like they all look great, but they are not taxing those systems in the slightest. No, not not at all. Yeah, I I I. We talk critics, especially like people who have gravitated towards gaming to the extent that they are in the gaming press have, like, the age-old editorial going back to the PlayStation 1 era was always, I wish that people in general cared more about gameplay than graphics. I wish people cared more. And we're finally there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like the general public is no longer sitting there and saying, this needs to be the most graphically sexy thing in the world. It just has to be the... Like, it just has to look good. And feel good. And, now, and smooth. And, and, and Yeah. Like, Nier sold a million copies. This weird-ass game from a dude with a skull on his head. <laughs> sold, like, a million and a half copies. Like, that's... That, that would never have happened on PS3 yeah. or Xbox 360. Like, and it's just... It's great that we're finally there. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, my, my thing with the Xbox Scorpio and the, the one thing that I think that would get me to at least like be more interested in it as a system is if they just if they made it a clean break, if they're like, OK, nope, this is not an upgrade. This is not a quote unquote PS4 Pro. This is a new system with a new user interface. You're, right. Like they've, they've talked about wanting your Xbox One games and your the currently backwards compatible 360 games to work and to like basically be quote unquote forwards compatible where everything just moves with you regardless of like if you have the old systems they'll work on your new system no questions asked I want more of that like PS4 Mm -hmm. needs that too and but it needs to be like Microsoft basically just needs to be like nope we are this is a new system this is a new thing um, yeah. There are going to be Xbox Scorpio only games. We're we're moving forward. Xbox One was a dud. Nobody liked it. Don Matrick can go take his Zynga money and just make Farmville <laughs> for the rest of his life. We're doing something new here. Uh, that to me at least would be like a statement from Microsoft saying like we are trying to right the wrongs of the past. If they yeah. tr- if they say like nope, this is just like a half step like the PS4 Pro, where it's like. The games work on both, and they're kind of look better, but they like don't you know don't like nobody takes advantage of it. Like it, it's gonna land in the same spot that the PS4 Pro did, and it's gonna be like no nobody's gonna care, you know? Yeah, nobody yeah. nobody cares about the PS4 Pro. Like I know some no. folks who have one, and they're like, 
things look pretty, but I still have a launch PS4 and I was playing Horizon all freaking weekend. Things look pretty already. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And and these these new boxes don't they're not offering the sort of technological upgrade that really compels me. Like mm-hmm. I always said, if if PlayStation wanted me to plunk down money for another PlayStation 4, tell me that load times are going to be lessened and that there is hardware backwards compatibility for everything mm, you know mm-hmm. yeah like, see that like, sh- that i would that i would i would buy a pro for that yeah and that that to me is one of the components that would actually convince me to buy a scorpio is that and and phil spencer in really making this a priority for the xbox one over the past couple of years pursuing backwards compatibility says to me that that's going to continue to matter on scorpio and if Scorpio comes out and says, yeah, we fixed the UI. Like, Mm. the UI, we now have a thing. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's not trying to, like, tap into the gamer brand identity. It just works. It's a thing that just functions. And there are a few exclusive games. You know, had Scalebound come out, I Mm, might not have mm -hmm. gotten rid of my Xbox. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that, give me, show me games like that. But then on top of that, show me that there is actual interest in starting to build a truly curated and preserved library of Xbox history. Because that is a thing that Xbox One can already do. It has the emulation environment to run these 360 games. They could do that, ostensibly, with original Xbox games, because original Xbox games could be purchased for, you know, download on the Xbox 360. And if they said, here's Scorpio, we're going to have these games on day one, and we are also going to pursue having a rich library that goes all the way back to the year 2001 and stretches until now, that's the kind of thing that would get me back involved. Because... You know, the high-end stuff, the Gears of War and the Forzas, the stuff that you're talking about, Susan, is I, that's not the stuff I gravitate towards either, but mm-hmm. I still play those games. Like, I mm-hmm. really like to play Forza Horizon and Gears, but I have a PC for that kind of thing. Well, and, okay, see, that's the other thing, right? Yeah. Like, I think the whole uh, Play Anywhere stuff, really awesome if you're a PC gamer. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That is a wonderful feature for that machine. I'm not that, so I don't give a shit. So that's a whole big thing that I recognize has value for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. just not for me. The whole, and and maybe that's, remember when they were trying to make Windows phones happen? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We all know Sam Prell, Windows phone (laughs) defender number one. It's that whole and that's when they changed the, the UI on the Xbox to make it the, the same kind of tiles. And it yep. what works on your phone does not work on your television. Just put yeah. it back. Just put it back the way it was. Also, give me some kind of trade-in value for my Xbox One if you want me to buy a Scorpio. Because I got yeah. a big hunk of plastic sitting in my closet that is worthless. It's literally mm-hmm. worthless. And you want me to spend like another, what, 400 bucks? No. I already no. did that once. Look where it got me, right? Man, that's, it has to be sexy, too. Like, I, I hate to sound like a dumbass, 
like, oh, white guy with beard on internet says piece of technology is sexy. News at 11 and yeah. every blog ever. <laughs> Well, you're not wearing uh, flannel, though, so... No, no, but I am wearing Gunnar computer glasses right oh, now, so Jesus. I'm that oh, asshole. You're that guy. At least it's not a VR headset. <laughs> Strapped to your face. But, I, like, the point stands. I, you know, the Xbox One, when it first came out, is one of the ugliest consoles ever made. It was 3DO ugly. And the Xbox One S is good-looking. That is a good-looking machine. Scorpio has to be good-looking out the gate. Yeah. Like, it has to be a, an aesthetically pleasing device. And honestly, put that Elite controller right in the box, kids. Don't... Oh, that, that, that would be great, but that won't happen. No, that's, that's I, do... I mean, that's asking a lot. That's super expensive. I, you know, but, like, I feel like they need the bold gesture. Like, it has to be... It has For, to like, be a day a... one edition or something? Yeah, like... for, like, a day one edition. Like, if you get one right at release, you get, you know, blah, 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 first-party game and uh, an Elite controller. And an achievement. <laughs> and an achievement. <laughs> that you can sell on eBay for $50. I have that goddamn achievement. Thank you very much. Yeah, look, put, put that up on eBay. You will no, be... No, because I used it. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted the freaking achievement. Because remember, this is back when I was still very much an Xbox 360 girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I cared about those things. And then I started actually using the Xbox One for a while and was like, I'm going to go use my PS4 now. And now I care about trophies. Yes. So what, Susan, to bring it back to you, mm. what is the Xbox game? Like, give me a developer or give me a an actual game series that would be like, we're br- this, this is part of the Xbox history mm-hmm. and we're bringing this back or this developer back. And what is that game that Viva would get Pinata. you to come back? Oh, it's Pinata. It number is. one with a bullet. <laughs> Viva yeah. Pinata. No, look, yeah. laugh at me all you want. Viva Pinata 2 is an incredible game. Oh, no, those games are amazing. Yeah, no, just, yeah I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing just at the, like, like hell yeah, Batman. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, Batman. Uh, I would I would want a uh, Viva Pinata. I'll t- <laughs> I still... I st- just make Arx Fatalis backwards compatible. I don't even need it like redone. <laughs> just make it so I can play it at all. Yeah. Uh, and uh, breakdown. Give me, give me back my oh, breakdown. Yeah. Is it, okay? So people might not. That is a deep enough cut it's, that it's I feel deep. like we should uh, clarify. People might not know, but there were a couple of Capcom made exclusives for the original Xbox, and they included Dino Crisis Three. Which was dinosaurs in space. Hey, I like Dino Crisis. Oh, I love Dino Crisis one and two. Three is not playable. Okay, three is three is rough. You're not and wrong. It's, yeah, <laughs> there is Final Fight Streetwise, which was the dark and gritty, and I shit you not, like that was actually in press releases for it at the time. Dark that, and gritty was, reboot of Final Fight. That was new. You know, dark and gritty was new back it then. It was. It was. And then there was Breakdown, yeah. which which involved getting punched in the stomach and then watching yourself throw up in first person. Okay, that's <laughs> accurate. But uh, it was see. Okay, also this is a, a, a time and place kind of thing. At the time, yeah. uh, first person perspective games weren't overly common. Yeah. So for there to be this kind of uh, weird sci-fi trippy punchy game from a first person perspective was super cool and the story was neat too the story was this this neat sci-fi 
strange. Yeah, thing. it was rad. It was it was very like seventies sci fi movie. Yeah. yeah, but with yeah. Capcom character designs. Yes. Yeah, like... yeah, see, yeah, seen through Capcom's very distinctive lens. <laughs> yeah. uh, man, I, I would play the shit I out want... of that. Between like stuff like that and and the the Xbox Live Arcade, oh yeah, was great for yeah. a really long time. It had this wonderful variety of smaller mm-hmm. games. I mean, like the, for for I think for the entire length of the console, Uno was still one of the most played games. Mm-hmm. On yeah, on Xbox Live, and it was great. It yeah. was really good. Like freaking Uno, the thing you played at kids parties uno and settlers of Catan. oh yeah. god settlers Catan hit on 360 mm-hmm. went nuts and Carcone. like zone was real good yeah i get why yeah. they don't use that well i i don't know why they don't use that name anymore like i, I guess it makes sense to just because like they just put games on there like there's no distinction between indie games or downloadable games or there's just games now but like that brand just had this like coolness attached to it and it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it bums me out. Dave, what game? What game is your like the embodiment of that coolness? So I, I would love to see, I would love to see a lot of like the the the, the Japanese stuff come over. Like I would love to see like a, 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 either an update or something uh, for Metal Wolf Chaos. Because that was yeah. that was an Xbox only game, uh, only released in Japan, even though it's fully voiced in, uh, in English. So it's like it's really Wait, expensive. That, What's up? Is that not also on Dreamcast? No, nope, it's that that's only. You're thinking, Susan, of Rent a Hero Number One, which was that Sega like bizarre game that was a Dreamcast remake and then came over to three uh, Xbox. Okay, the, the original Xbox. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's, like, it's all in English, but because the Xbox is so hard to emulate and because uh, copies of that game are so expensive, uh, it's it's just, it's one of those games, it's like, it's kind of like Panzer Dragon Saga, it's just, it is kind of locked to that system forever unless someone takes the effort to bring it over, and I want to see that happen. Uh, I want an English release for Jockey's Road. That <laughs> that Xbox One horse JRPG. Horse game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I saw that at a store, and it was like, "What is this?" And I want to play it. No. Uh, seriously though, like I, I I would love to see like a new Crimson Skies in the mm. in the style of the Xbox game, which was more like a like sort of like a, an open air adventure, if you will, uh, where yeah. it was like you had these open environments that you could explore and there were secrets and like kind of like a gta like mission structure but like i'd love to see that blown out in the kind of like with the kind of like scale and graphics that only a modern console could could achieve um yeah yeah those are like x yeah Yeah. like like you said the xbox has like it takes a minute to think but you're like oh no yeah no those, those all those games are good yeah okay and then, uh, and then Microsoft just cancels them all. <laughs> I'm going to flat out say it, man. And uh, I don't mean none of that The Journey bullshit. And I don't mean Legends. No. Oh, that. yeah. Show me Fable 4. Yeah. Yep. Say, like, and, and you know what? Like, I, I understand the decision to close Lionhead. I, I, 
you know, that's not some kind of thing where I'm so naive as to say that that was a, a grave injustice. I understand why it happened. I think it sucks that it happened. Uh, but move on. Show me a new studio. And uh, hell, if you want to go reboot, call it Fable A New Beginning. Don't put even put a number on it. But yeah, make, yeah. A, make a new Fable game. Make a big like a proper... RPG. Yeah, a yep. proper Fable game. And, and make it a Fable game. You know, don't make it open world. Don't copy Horizon. Don't copy Zelda. Make it a Fable game. Mm-hmm. Where it's more about character interactions. It's more about being a part of a small community. Mm-hmm. Rather than making it this huge thing. Mm-hmm. And make it as big and beautiful as you can do with this new machine. That would get me to buy an Xbox. Again, Give us the, I, the goddamn acorn. Give us the dick. You can do it now. You can plant the acorn. You know what I I used to do when I played the original Fable? Was I used to try and time what monster I threw up on. So I'd go buy (laughs) as much booze as I could. That's pretty great. That's pretty great. go Go out in the woods and see how I could time it. Uh, man, yeah, it sucks because Fable, I think back to the first, I'll say the first five years of the 360 and the entire duration, all four years of the original Xbox. And man, were the exclusives just, you, you couldn't not have those systems. If you like were like a, a video game nerd, mm-hmm. not dude bro who thinks video games are, you know, the most important thing in life. But, like, if you just loved games, there was such a variety of unique experiences there. And it kills me that that's been lost. And you can see why. You can see the decisions that were made. Rattle off some Um, names, so to to reacquaint. uh, Franchises? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. saying that you know okay. you had to have the machine if you loved games. Jet, so let's... Jet, Jet Set Radio Future, Panzer Dragoon Orta, mm-hmm. Otogi One, Otogi Two, Otogi Ninja... was good. Otogi was great. Ninja Gaiden Black, uh, Rent a Hero Number One, Project Nude, Shenmue Two, yep. freaking okay. Alan Ooh. Wake. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. could just you could just run down this list. I, freaking Munch's Odyssey. Uh, yeah, the super- yeah. superior versions of console games like Munch, uh, uh, Stranger's Wrath, and yeah. Morrowind. Uh, yeah, Was Morrowind. Yeah, Outrun oh, two thousand six. So like it, it was, it was an unstoppable machine, and there were people who were inside the larger Microsoft corporate machine that genuinely cared about video games and wanted to see this thing succeed. You know, we can make all the jokes we want about cool guy JLR 10 years ago, but JLR was was running that department in a way. It was like, I want this console to be a thing that plays games really, really well and really, really interesting games. And I hope that happens. I hope that comes back. That's, I mean, that's all I want, man. I just want interesting. Interesting. Like, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so are you uh, saying like Phil Spencer needs to put a hoodie on and pop a squat on a stage yeah, and tell us with about fake Velocity dreads. Girl? Yeah. That's oh exactly my god, Velocity. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot all about that. As oh. the memories hey, remember back Malice? Malice. Oh my god. Malice wasn't Xbox exclusive though. Malice. No, I just I just remember I mean just do you just remember Malice? <laughs> the Jinko jeans and the big mallet? 
Yep. Yep. Susan, how could I forget all of the mid-aughts work of Gwen Stefani? Yeah. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, we have on our wonderful website, gamesradar.com, my favorite website, a wonderful story uh, about the development of the game Blinks. Yeah. From the the creator of Sonic the Hedgehog. uh, the, uh, The Xbox's mediocre mascot. And... Uh, it's actually, it's a really interesting story because the game, just because of the way the Xbox was launched and where it was launched and when and how, became something it was never intended to be. Mm. And uh, and I still highly uh, recommend reading that article and also the one about Voodoo Vince, which shared a similar fate. And is at least coming back. Voodoo Vince is getting another shot yeah. at life, thankfully. Uh, is that... Wait, what is Voodoo? Is that Xbox One only? Or is that I oh, think no, a bunch too. of things? Yeah, PC too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, on the on the scale of games that are and are not interesting, Susan has been spending more time with one of these springs more interesting games. Uh, Susan, you have been having trouble not playing Horizon Zero Dawn over the past week. That is correct. Yeah. How's yes. that going in there? Uh, so here's the thing about Horizon Zero Dawn. Um... You've heard that it's gorgeous. It is. It's stunningly beautiful. Also, Aloy's hair, fantastic. Since we were talking about animating hair recently. Um, what I did not expect, because here's the thing. It's this, it's this beautiful open world, and they've gone to all the trouble of animating these robot animal machines and giving you all these different ways to hunt them and, and all that. So I expected that to be the focus of the game, and then the story to just be, you know, fine. It's, it's enough to get you from point A to point B and give you a reason to hunt these machines. That's what I figured I would be getting. The story is incredible. Mm. It's absolutely Incredible. I, I'm calling it now. They're going to make a movie out of this because it is legit one of the best sci-fi stories I've seen in like 10 years. Mm. It's absolutely remarkable. And normally normally in an open world, I, I mean, at least I'm like this, I don't bother with the main quest because it's usually like, meh. Like, I don't, think, I don't think I have ever finished a main story in Elder Scrolls. Ever? Ever? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's like, there are stories in Elder Scrolls? I, well, there, yes. There are things to do besides like, oh, what's in that cave? Uh, but this one, I am I am like just, I did a bunch of side quests and then I was like, oh, I, I, I'll do the main quest because I probably need it to advance some stuff. And then I got into it far enough that I was like, holy shit, I need to know what happens next. Oh my God, what is happening? Ah! And, and every single part of the story makes sense. It's something I don't feel like I've played a thousand times already. It isn't just a convenient excuse. It's actually like, no, I get it. This is actually a, this this event follows this one, follows this one in a, in a way that would actually happen. And it all combines to make this really bitchin' narrative that I'm, I'm just dying to find out the answers to all my questions. Hmm. Man, I... What was the moment that the switch was flipped for you? Because mm. I have only played about, I want to say, like, six hours, seven okay. hours of the game. So I, you know, I, I cleared their, the first three hours or so are pretty linear. 
You're yeah. in the opening valley. You're learning to hunt. You're doing... It's the tutorial, basically. You're doing the Hunger Games. Yes. <laughs> you gotta go do dinosaur robot Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, and man, that was a moment where the story impressed me because it automatically bucked my expectations of what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Horizon is very good at that early on, being like, oh, you think the sci-fi original movie bullshit is about to take place. <laughs> it uh, and I went out into the world and immediately fell into the open world traps that I always do. Mm. Where it was like, go to the big city to continue the story. I will do that as soon as I destroy this fortress full of bandits. Yeah. And go collect these things. Uh, so I, I sort of got open worlded by it. And I didn't have that moment where I was, like, so compelled by the story that I had to keep going. And I wasn't so compelled by the hunting uh, combat. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it just didn't click for me. It's a little... I'm uh, twitchy. I, you know, if it's third person and it's not, like, button mashy, I I sort of drift away. Yeah. But, you, you very much have to... It is... The thing I really like about it, but I understand why it's not to everybody's taste, the hunting is really like hunting. Yeah, it's hunting. You, yeah. You need to be careful. You need to be patient. You need to have a plan. If you go into a herd of of machines and expect to just be able to beat them all up, no, you're going to die. Yeah. And you yeah. will die every single time. Yeah, your melee yeah. attack and, is like, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. The, the funny thing is, is the game does accommodate you if you want to play that way. Like, if you set it to easy, you mm. can go in and mash to your heart's content and just, like, melee them. But it, it sucks. Like, it's not fun. Right. Uh, and, you know, that's not that's not the way you should be playing that game no matter what, even yeah. when you can. Yeah. Uh, so when when was it? Where, what, wh- if somebody's playing this and they're not feeling it at the beginning, how long do they have to play to get that moment? The first thing that really made me interested in, in knowing what the bigger picture was uh, is what happens at the end of the proving, which is to earn your... So you start up... The, the character Aloy is an outcast. You don't know why. You just know that there's something weird about her, that they she is not allowed to live with the rest of her tribe. But if she wins this competition that they have called the proving, she's allowed to come back to the tribe. Yeah. So she trains, like, her whole life for this. Because she... Because nobody... They won't even talk to her. You're not allowed to talk to her. You're not allowed to engage with her at all. And she's like, I want to know what the hell your problem is. So she wants to win this proving. Great. And then something happens at the end of the proving that makes all of that irrelevant. It's that big. And it's weird. It doesn't seem in keeping with any of the stuff that you know about the world yet. So it's like, "Mm, what's going on? Mm." Um. But the thing that really, really sucked me in was you go to a particular location, and this is part of the main story, and you find out why the machines look like animals. Mm-hmm. And and you just go, oh, holy shit. Oh, yeah. my God. And it all makes sense. And it's you, you won't have seen it coming. And it's so well told. And that's and then you start you find out what the hell the damn title of the game means. And yeah, like like I was telling people, it's like yeah, it's it, the name is generic, but it's in the game. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It, there's a reason for it. Yes, and it's a good one too. Yeah. So 
Yeah, and that from that point on, I was like, and the the combat becomes significantly more interesting. Hmm. See, now it's interesting to hear you say that though, because you were telling me earlier today that you've gotten to a point with the combat mm-hmm. where you're you're so empowered from just playing all the side quest stuff mm-hmm. that combat is you know really not holding a lot of appeal for you anymore. Combat against the machines. Combat against the machines. Because here's here's the thing: if you are uh, the kind of person who, when they are given an open world and told to craft resources, right, like to use resources to craft things, you are collecting everything as you go, you will relatively quickly come to a point in the game where you can afford every, the, the top version of every weapon. You will have every version of armor that you want with the modifications that you want. And that takes a lot of the desire to go out in the world and get stuff away Mm -hmm. like you don't have to hunt machines anymore because normally you're hunting machines for their stuff the wire the metal shards their lenses their hearts then you find out that there's a vendor in meridian who sells all that stuff (laughs) and and you got money coming out your pockets because you're the kind of person that looks in every chest and you know has all you've got several hundred uh chill waters that you can just sell because you know so that so at, at a certain point, there's just there's no appeal in hunting the machines except for Thunderjaws. Like that's all I care about at this point, which is they're the big dinosaur mm-hmm, ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you start fighting humans, and that's interesting. Yeah. And now, is that man? That's weird because fighting humans, that was the stuff that I got sort of wrapped up in doing at the beginning of the game. Like, I I mentioned the bandit camps, Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed, I enjoyed, like, that was the moment where the combat sort of clicked with me, Mm -hmm. where I was using these traps and stuff to deal with very aggressive human characters rather than the robots. Mm -hmm. And I like that. Does that disappear for a long chunk of the game and then become more prevalent, or how does that work? Well, the bandit camps are always there, and they scale up. Like, all bandit camps are not created equal okay some like some are easy and then some you really need to come back later when you have acquired the correct skills and the correct armor and can do things like i have a skill right now i can knock three arrows at a time Mm -hmm. so that's like really fun yeah (laughs) you know and then as they scale up they also get weapons like flamethrowers and guns and uh, like one's more of like a musket kind of thing, and then another one's like a machine gun kind of thing. So as you get, uh, as you encounter more difficult humans, and as you learn how to override the machines, then combat becomes more multi-layered. Like, okay, tell you what, I'm going to uh, override these uh, 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 chargers or tramplers. Tramplers are, are big motherfuckers. And then I'm going to kite the, these these humans, these cultists, over to where they are. And then I'm just going to let the tramplers kill them all. <laughs> and I'm just going to sit here and watch. Like, that's fun. Or I can sneak around and pop them all with headshots and be all super stealthy. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's... It adds... In the beginning, you're a little limited by... You have, I think, like, one bow. <laughs> and it, it can fire two kinds of arrows. And you're not very stealthy yet because you haven't upgraded your armor and you probably don't have any modifications yet. So you, you, you kind of can only do things one way at first. 
once you start opening up those skill trees and getting better stuff, you have a lot more options and it just makes it much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Dave, how you you beat Horizon? You went yeah. the distance. Yes, I got the like, platinum trophy on Horizon. You platinum? Wow, dude! Yeah, that. well, like I was in the process of making a bunch of uh, videos and stuff for the site, doing it, and I got to a point where like all I had were like five more trophies left, and I was like, eh, let's just do it, and like just spent the like three hours to collect all the items and stuff, and then I did it, and it was like. Yay. Do you have to collect all the um, data points? No. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, like, it's basically a- a- anything that shows up on your map. There is one, there is one trophy that I l- had to look up how to do, and it's because it's really stupid. It's the one where you have to knock down every single one of those training, oh, like, yeah. deer. Like the little straw deer that are like strewn about the world, and yep. I just I looked up a guide. Was like, no, I have to I have to find where these dumb things are because they're not. It's not. It's kind of obvious, but it's not obvious enough to the point where it's like like okay, you know, it, it, they don't just show up on your map. But um, but yeah, no, it's uh, to your point, Susan, about the the monsters is like that. That's kind of how I felt at first too. Is like the. Uh, there was that point where I, I got to the point where you were, where it was like the the story finally starts to kick in. You're like, whoa, okay, this is really cool. Uh, but by a couple hours after that, you start getting so much gear and so many things mm-hmm. that like I had one strategy for taking down every robot in the game, and that was use one of my uh, status uh, arrows like fire or freeze or shock or whatever to stun it and then just use my piercing arrows to knock every bit of armor off of it until they died. Like that was my whole strategy. And I did that for the last like 20 hours of the game. Oh uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And like it, it was 95% of the time worked for me. Um, mm. Which was, you know, it's kind of a bummer because like once you figure out the thing that works and you do it over and over again, it's the same problem I had with the uh, I am Setsuna, which was like once I found a party configuration that worked for me and a specific kind of attack that would clear every enemy, and then like by the time I ran out of magic points, I would level up and get all of my magic points back. Yeah, you're like it's not my fault I broke the game. I broke the game. Like you have to give me a reason to experiment elsewhere. Mm. Um, but like the 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 world, there's a, there's a you were playing on the standard difficulty though, right, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I was playing. Like, on there normal. is there there is a hard difficulty, correct? Like you could you could ramp that. I think so. You could so, ramp that. So it's it's possible to. that that yeah that that um makes it way more difficult. And like I said, like the the first time I saw Thunderjaw, it it annihilated me. And so oh, that yeah. that took me some time to figure out how to beat those and those. I forget what they're called, but the big like flying ones. Those are a little tricky too. You have to do some different stuff with that. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, but I... here's the th- here's the thing. After a certain point, you have no reason to to tangle with the monsters at all. Yeah, none. Yeah, you don't you don't need their resources. I mean, if you like it, like if you like the challenge of taking out a snap maw or whatever, which is a big freaking alligator. Cool, but you don't have to. Yeah. So, so you just run it, past them and then yeah. get to your next quest and yeah. I don't That's even a, use mounts because I find they're more trouble than they're worth. I just run yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. I run and fast travel everywhere because the that's the other thing that is a little meh. The uh, golden fast travel pack 
is really cheap. Yeah, it's really cheap, and yeah, well, like once you get to Meridian, you probably have enough resources to to buy it, and it's like, oh, yeah, now you can just fast travel anywhere. Great. Yeah, for free. <laughs> for free. Yep. Like the the idea, I really really liked. Uh, unlike other games with fast travel, you need to use an item to fast travel from mm-hmm. place to place, and you can craft them and you can buy them, but you it's a it's a consumable. Uh, until you buy this magical thing that lets you do it uh, as much as you want for free. And if that thing had been like 5,000 shards, like really expensive or, or, you know, you had to have a Thunderjaw heart or something rare. Yeah. Awesome. Right? Because then it's very clear risk reward. But it's like 50 bucks. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's some wire or something. It's really, it's really dumb. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it's... I will say that it was nice to play a big open world game as beautiful as this game was and not run into any major like catastrophic like it's it's not it's nowhere near as buggy as a game like the witcher i had a couple quest things bug out on me like during pre-release but once the patch hit those all got fixed i didn't fall through the floor uh (laughs) i had i had one bug that was (laughs) so there's a, a, a one quest and this is the thing I really love the side quests. There was a, uh, this, this one guy at a temple asks you, people want to go, people who are in mourning want to go pay their respects at these three different shrines and they can't for a variety of reasons. Hmm. Can, you, can you go solve the problem so that these people can find some closure about the loss of their loved one? I'm like, yeah, that is something I will sign up for. Absolutely. You need me to kill something so that somebody can have some peace? Yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> And and one of them was you have to it's it's a shrine by the lake you got to kill two snap maws fine snap maws again great big freaking alligators cool first one comes after me not a problem second one stays underwater and will not come out no matter what I do yeah so the the thing what you normally do with them is like Dave was saying you you know set them on fire or whatever and then when they're in that state be it shocked or on fire or frozen you do like triple damage or something like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I could not, obviously I can't set him on fire if he's underwater. So I just, I had to shoot him just with arrows, like plink, plink, <laughs> plink, plink, like take it off like four health every time. Like plink, plink, plink. Took me like 20 minutes to kill this dude. And you got, you, but you got him. <laughs> oh, I got you it. I got it. I finally killed that motherfucker. But I was just like, really, really broke. Like I tried swimming over his head. <laughs> like, hey, I'm tasty. Look at me. Woohoo! Nothing. Hmm. Man, I. It's so weird. The all of the issues that you guys have with the combat stuff just sounds like growing pains of a developer trying to do this insanely ambitious thing, and mostly nailing it on all fronts, but needing to polish it up for the next time they do it. Yeah, you I'm know? sure they learned a lot about you know balancing and. You know, resource yeah. management and, and all that. Uh, honestly, if if we transferred this conversation to six years ago and made it about The Witcher 2, mm. it that would be everything that you guys are saying is applicable to that game. And it's all sort of stuff that they addressed and, you know, ran into new issues uh, after they addressed them with The Witcher 3. But they New and exciting all, issues. New and exciting issues like flying horses, uh, equine flight. Uh, that's the, the 
I wouldn't call that an issue. No, Roach is a feature. Yes. Yeah, everything Roach does is a feature. That's but like that's the sort of stuff that you know the transition from Witcher two to Witcher three sort of ironed out was. I know that people don't necessarily care for the combat in Witcher three. I know that's like a point of contention. I personally love it. I like because it. I, I, yeah, I liked it a lot. I love the combat in Witcher 3. And I like the way that the difficulty of the combat scales depending on the difficulty settings. You know, if you want to play it as a hack and slash, you can do that, and it's a really good hack and slash. If you want to go all the way to the hardest of the hard and do, like, full-on Witcher role-playing where you have to do mutagen tweaking every single time you get in a fight and use all the different oils cool you could do it it's done that's accessible to you uh and i yeah i i hope and it seems like this isn't going to be an issue i hope gorilla gets a chance to continue refining what they've done with horizon uh Dave, when you get to the end of the game, does it at least leave things open for some kind of follow-up, or would it have to be, uh, you know, Tales of Horizon Zero Dawn? Sort it of? does. Don't, don't, okay. I'm, I'm just gonna say oh. yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, yes. Because this Perfect. is this is a game, like, I don't know how I've, I've managed to go this long without being spoiled on, like, I didn't know any of the story. None of it. Yeah. And it's so good and so surprising, I would really hate to have any of it spoiled for me what? or for anyone else. Yeah. I think ha- like that's that was the hidden silver lining for releasing one week before Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda yeah. completely wiped out the social media presence of people spoiling things in Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. They're all playing it, but it was just like, whoosh, here, enjoy pictures of somebody floating over a forest. Before they have to go do some tedious bullshit. Or you could just do what Atlas does and shut down any and all social media content. <sighs> and YouTube videos. And uh, have uh, very angry people show up at your house and punch you in the stomach for... Wait, what? No, that's that doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen. That's only for Flying United. I, I was really worried that that... I, I was really worried that you were serious and that actually happened to somebody at Atlas. Uh... <laughs> I, I want to throw this out there. Uh, I think what they've done with Persona Five is a good thing. Uh, with the the not letting people stream it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. You're, you're wrong. No. I, yeah. I, I I'm I'm welcome. People are welcome to say I'm wrong. I think I, I you know I I think that there's something to saying like if if everybody is just gonna go out there and spoil the game then we're gonna you can work around it too like just turn off I, i'm not <laughs> like it's not hard to stream persona 5 like you can you could do it i mean uh, but the thing is though know. is that like like yeah i get it i don't like people don't want this game to be spoiled that's fine i feel like it's a little different when it's a hundred hour game versus a two hour game like that dragon cancer like someone just streaming this game from start to finish it's like you're basically just pirating a movie at that point uh but how many people bought yakuza zero not not even like knowing about it in the first place never like what what is this and then seeing that that yeah we about getting a chicken yeah you're right named nugget and going like i want that 
So, can you guys clarify something to me? Is there is Atlas actively taking things down? Yes. They they've said that they they like if if you post stuff past like a like July seventh in the game. Whoa! The, the, I did not realize. Yeah. That it, no, it like all uh-huh. caps, all caps. Hey, do th- you have been warned? Do not stream past this point. If you do, we will issue content IDs, or worse, you could have your channel taken down. That's yeah, this isn't bullshit. a that's, hey, that's, please, see, guys. This is yeah. a if you do this. Okay, no, never mind. Yeah. I what I was referring to was the in-game restriction. Um, oh no, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah, what I was referring, what I, just to clarify. If you are playing Persona 5 on your PlayStation 4 and you hit the share button, it will not just take a screenshot or record video or let you start streaming to Twitch. It will stop you from doing those things. That, I am fine with that. I'm fine with that. It should be at the discretion of the creator to be like, I don't want you to be able to just use these tools because that's the way I want this thing to work. I don't think it's cool at all that the publisher is going out after the fact because like that's what i was saying like you can work around those restrictions in yeah. two seconds like yeah but, here, but here's the thing this is what's i i 100 percent respect not wanting the game to be spoiled here's where that breaks down how long has it been out in japan yeah a year yeah thank you <laughs> okay secondly just like you said with yakuza the people who play your game and love your game are the best marketing tool you will ever have. The people who are playing Persona don't want to spoil it for other people. They want to literally share it. Look how effing cool this game is. Mm. Because we keep talking about how how slick it is, how how incredible the visuals are, how, how the music works so perfectly with everything. And we're not allowed to show it. And that's ridiculous if this is a franchise that you want to do well and especially this particular game you i mean it's on ps4 this is the best shot it is gonna have to reach a bigger audience than it would normally and you're taking your the biggest arrow out of your quiver which is the people who freaking love it who who spread the chia is best girl memes who like yeah There's a guy, uh, like, there's a guy who works at IGN who basically responds to people on Twitter with Persona 4 images. And he has an image for, like, every single situation you could possibly think of. Like, that's the kind of thing that you want people to do for Persona 5. And by turning that off... Also, I saw someone tweet out yesterday that, like, basically not allowing people to share images directly from the PS4 basically just means that you're forcing them to take really crappy phone pictures... Because they're gonna share it anyway. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the thing. I could, I could, I could tweet the ending of the game, like who the villain is. I could do that right now, and they can't yeah. stop me. Yeah. But I'm not going to because I want people to have the Man, experience. God, that that I I didn't realize. I had not read about the the Atlas like coming after YouTubers. That is so dumb yeah yeah not not least of which because it won't work like yeah like like that's just wasted effort all all you're accomplishing is alienating people yeah yep oh yeah that's a bummer the the share button thing i'm yeah like if you don't want people doing that and and you're totally right that is the right of the creator to decide or not 
That's you know, it's it's. I not... still think it's dumb, but sure, it's it is your right. It's you made it. You get to say this is how I'm going to put it out in the world, but you don't get a right to fuck with people after the fact, man. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's this is, this absurd. Is the thing. That what they are doing is asking ordinary consumers, people who plunk down their sixty or more dollars, and asking them to abide by the same freaking embargo that mm-hmm. we had to to review the game. And Which, that is obscene. Yeah, it's obscene. Yep. That's, yeah. It's so, it's weird to see this coming from uh, a Japanese publisher and developer, too. Because, in, in, in like, the fan culture in Japan is so much more liberal about uh, letting people sort of do what they want with your property. Like, there is an enormous culture of, you know, like, the whole uh, doujinshi thing of making fan comics out of... And, and and oftentimes uh, racy things. <laughs> uh, listen, like like you know, Capcom doesn't go out and be like, "Excuse me, would you?" And everybody publishing explicit images of Ryu and Chun Li enjoying each other's company. Please stop doing that. They don't do that. Everybody's on board. Uh, and like you know, you can write a fan novel in Japan. You could be like, "I made Star Wars Episode Ten the novel and then sell it at a bookstore and it's legally fine so it's weird to see a, a, a sega and atlas being so militarious about it yeah. yeah yeah it's very strange it's very strange huh uh speaking of some anime bullshit <laughs> <laughs> yay uh yeah, just so just to bring the show home today, uh, Dave Roberts saw an awesome movie, which is playing at the indie theater two miles away from me, and I am so excited to go see it. Uh, Your name, yeah, is the name of this movie, and Dave, you said it's real good. Yeah, it's uh, oh my god, like it's 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 special, like in the oh way god. that like it is. Okay, so this guy. Okay, wait, wait, G- okay. give me. Okay, uh, when you say special. Give me a movie that you feel is the in the in the same zip code of special. Uh, like so that I might understand. Up there with uh, like Studio Ghibli movies. I don't watch anime bullshit. Try okay. something with people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. God. I'm trying to think of something that like this compares to. It's like it's like a. F- like a sci-fi Freaky Friday, if that makes that's, sense. That's, but it's also that's... like a really down-to-earth sort of quiet story about this slice of life in Japan. Okay. okay. Um, Freaky <laughs> Friday like... is certainly entertaining right. and delightful. It's not special. No. Uh, it's it's hard to explain. And like I, I'm trying to... Speak for yourself, Susan. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm like, if I could have Jamie Lee Curtis with the brain of Lindsay Lohan, then that's... Uh, <laughs> no. So, so no, no, you... no. You want the body of Lindsay Lohan with the older woman in it. The one uh, no, who knows No, I was right things. the first time. Come on, <laughs> trading places? Jamie Lee Curtis was smoking hot. Oh no! Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. We're getting, sure. we're getting. Okay. We're, we're did you going, see? I'm did just, you see? Okay. Uh, you Eternal, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. 
Yes. Okay. Excellent film. Yes, it is special I never like want to that. See it again. Uh, it is special oh. like that, but not like super. Like it is. It is sad, and there's longing to it, but it is not like like beating you over the face with this like failed relationship. Is this like uh, a Princess Mononoke level of want to need like need a shower that smells like lavender? Oh no, no 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 no. Okay, it is it is a far more far more human and far more touching film than Princess Mononoke, which is very okay. like, oh my god, everyone is just sad all the time. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, no, so the story is you have uh, Mitsuha, who is this? She's a high school girl living in a small town. And her and this young boy named Taki end up swapping bodies. Uh, they have no idea who each other are, they, and they have no idea how this happens. They just um, they just switch places, and they have to deal with, like, holy shit, uh, I don't know where I work. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what's going on. And then you have situations where, like, because the girl's in the boy's body, boy needs to be using, like, male honorifics and pronouns, and she doesn't know them. So, like, she's just like, I don't know how to deal with, like, any of this. And so they end up, like, leaving each other messages. Like, they, they finally figure out that, they, that their bodies have switched. And so they leave each other's messages, and they try to, like, converse with each other, and they want to find out who each other, like, who each person is, and get to know them. But then, like, there's a twist, and I don't want to spoil it, because it's, like, a really important part of what makes this movie, like, go beyond just, like, oh, this is a, a cute, like, body swap movie to something, like, even bigger, but um, there's a really cool moment when, when like, something happens in, in the movie and, like, like the characters have this realization over um, what is going on. And it just, like, it is just, it is, it is, it is a gorgeous movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, it, okay. What, the thing you told me that, that's most interesting about this movie, though, yeah. is it's, it's the third biggest movie yes. ever in Japan. In Japan, yes. Uh, it out it beat Spirited Away as the number one grossing animated movie, uh, and it is the third grossing film behind. Uh, what were you saying, Anthony, before the podcast? Like, okay, let me like let Titanic me get this. and Your name, highest grossing, and I'm I'm it's Titanic and Frozen. I I want to get this uh, confirmed here. But yeah, like uh, the director is a is a guy named Makoto Shinkai who uh, a lot of people have been calling him uh, from his first few movies that he's basically the, like, the next Hayao Miyazaki because he mm. approaches his craft with the same kind of like humanity and honesty. Um, his first movie, Voices of a Distant Star, oh, I yeah. think he created almost entirely by himself. Like he had voice it's, work and, and this other is, stuff. But, um, is this by hand? All this art by hand? Yes, it's all hand-drawn nice. animation. Uh, and, like, yeah, th there's, this movie does have some anime, some anime nonsense, but, like, on the anime bullshit scale, it's really low compared to most out there. Like, it, that's why I say it's special, because, like, it feels like th there's, like, an honesty, and there's, like, there's not, it's not filled with all of the, the bullshit that you see in a lot of, especially, like, modern anime stuff. Like, th this, I think, is up there with, like, Akira and Ghost in the Shell and, like, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, now, see, the, like, well, okay. See, those are the examples you need yeah. to be busting out. Yeah. 
Like it is, it is, it is up there with those movies. Like th- there's a reason why they call this guy the next Hayao Miyazaki, and it, this is why because like the way that like the the art, the animation is like really detailed and really beautiful and lush and flowing and vibrant, and the way that the characters interact feel real in a way that like a lot of anime just doesn't feel that way. Oh, and and the like the the music is very like the way that the music integrates with the movie also evokes very specific emotions it is just it is a labor of love from like top to bottom and if you have a chance to go see it i highly recommend doing so all right it is the fourth highest grossing movie Hmm. in japan in history behind spirited away the highest grossing movie of all time in japan titanic and frozen so it is behind hayao miyazaki in terms of the cash monies okay but but it's right there. I, I, dude, I literally am just trying to find a moment where I can say to my wife, I'm going to go to the movie theater while the baby's asleep. And, and watch you don't have anime. to come with me because I don't, you don't have to endure anime bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really lovely movie, though. Like, I, like uh, my wife, she's not, like, super into anime. Um, and I... I was like, you, we should go see this movie. We should like, I, I think you like it. And uh, she, she came with me, and she's like, yeah, the, like there were some parts where it's like, okay, yeah, this is a Japanese cartoon, but like for the most part, she, she loved it. She thought it was incredible, and she's like, we need to find some, some more movies like this. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's a good movie. I like it. Cool, man. Go see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that this exists. I am. Yeah, and apparently, like, uh, it, it, like, even with the limited release, it's, it's done pretty well in the states too. Uh, this is like one of Funimation's first big theatrical pushes. Um, so yeah, like, it's cool to see. Like, you know, we, we need more stuff like this showing up in American theaters. I think. Um, man, it's just a good moment well. for movies. Like, movies across the board are just. I, I, I had, after 2016, had almost completely written off all genre movies. I was just like, I'm done. Rogue One sucks. Batman vs. Superman sucks. Suicide Squad sucks. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Have you rewatched Rogue One? I have watched, I watched it a second time in the theater, okay. and it plays way better the second time. It really does! It plays Let- way better the second yeah. time. Uh, as just like a piece of entertainment. However, I don't give a crap about Caspian Mick accent. No, and, I agree. I agree. And brown-haired girl who, yeah. like, uh, she, you know what? A really talented actress, saddled with one of the worst written characters I think I've ever seen in a movie. Like wispy, wispy English girl. Yeah. Why? Oh. Why would anyone give a shit? Like, at the I end know. of Rogue One, when, when she's like, we need to have hope and go fight for the future! Everybody in the room would have to be like, who are you again? Yeah, no, you're not wrong about that. You're not, you're not <laughs> at all wrong. I've Excuse me, Mon Mothma? Mon Mothma, who is this girl? And why is she talking? <laughs> I've, I've heard multiple people refer to her in the movie as Mads Mikkelsen's daughter, which yeah. is kind of... <laughs> sad <laughs> that's that i mean that's the thing like either someone has presence or they don't right yes and a lot of that is is how well the character is written but mads mickelson says like five things in the whole movie <laughs> yep. and every scene he's in you can't look at anybody else he's magnetic 
And, because and, he's he's just got that star power, and that girl in that moment gives you absolutely no reason to follow her to the deli, let yeah, alone any of them into a, a suicide mission. No, no, you, the 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 uh, uh, the Book of Eli guy. Yeah, Book of oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yes, Kung Book Fu of Eli Book of friend, Eli. I would follow them and his life mate. Like yes. like those two, I would watch a movie about them. Yep, I would yep, watch yep. a movie about Mads Mikkelsen and uh, evil bureaucrat. I, I, I would. I, I would absolutely watch a movie about project manager guy. Yes, I'd watch the shit out of that. Instead, I got a movie where fucking Ghost Dog is like, "Yo, boy, I'm gonna put this space squid in your brain," what? and it has nothing to do with what? anything else. What? Okay, so here's what's wrong with the whole space squid part. It's a lot. First of all, <laughs> he's okay, he's got this bizarre accent he decided to adopt. Susan, what are you talking about? This is how normal people speak. And then the name of of Squid Guy, I, I still don't know what it is. Yeah. Nope. But it's it's this word that he says this, and you're like, what? What is he? Where are they taking him? I don't understand what you're saying, sir. And then you get to the exposition part. Why he's explaining? Mm-hmm. There's no reason for him to be explaining to his prisoner. Oh, by the way, here's what's happening. I'm gonna stick squid guy on you, and you might go crazy. Because the thing is, he's crazy for like ten minutes. For for not even. It, yeah. It's literally like he just. He, it literally looks like he's a little distracted. Yeah, and then he's fine. <laughs> he, needs, that, he, he needs like a juice box and a nap. Aside, and okay. <laughs> aside from having the only two charismatic characters join the crew, is there any reason for the first quarter of that movie to even exist? When they go to the desert planet, where it used to be like a Jedi temple and whatnot, why, why have any of that at all? You're not wrong. At at all, it's no. just I, again Rogue One is very entertaining but it is like you know it is the difference between getting a gourmet wood oven pizza that is force awakens and if you can't tell i haven't had lunch yet uh, (laughs) a gorgeous delicious wood fire oven gourmet meats and vegetables pizza and the shittiest two-day-old Domino's thin crust in the fridge at work. Like, Rogue One is the <laughs> leftover shit Domino's. There's oh, like... Okay, well, I'm go- can we at least make it leftover Pizza Hut? No, no. Because oh, I was okay. going to say, this isn't even Pizza Hut. You don't even get that level of quality. It's shitty Domino's. Oh, goodness. Um... The, the follow-up to all that is that movies kick ass right now. I, I, Kate and I saw Logan over the weekend, and that movie is like... Logan doesn't have to have anything to do with the X-Men. It could just be a movie about these people who have weird powers, and it would be great. It's just a good Should I watch movie. this movie? Do you think Dude, I would like watch this movie? It. Dude, watch this movie. It's okay. a good movie. Okay. Like, like, it's actually about... a good movie. Like, not like, oh, it's like the Avengers. All right. Like... He- hear me out. As someone, do- who, as someone who does... The is good. Uh, right. But, uh, like, sure. no, no, no. Like, uh, as someone who doesn't care about superheroes, like, in the slightest... Good movie. But, but likes good movies. Good movie. 
Good move. Okay. 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 Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> oh shit. Are we? Oh, no. We're gonna go into an interesting place, aren't we? I just. Okay. Have you seen Winter Soldier? I I do want to oh. watch the Captain America movies. I have not. Okay. Seen you, them. Okay. 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 If you oh, have those not are, seen yeah. them, they're okay. I hear. Oh, I hear actual good things about those movies. All three I mean, of them are very good. You're not one and two both are the best. Thor movies suck. Like they don't like. Here's here's how bad the the Thor we call Thor the boringest Avenger. <laughs> because like it's the boring. There's there's the first one which is Thor the boringest Avenger, and then there's the second one which is Thor the boringest Avenger and his hot brother. Yeah. Okay. Which, in fairness, his brother's really hot. His brother's <laughs> really hot. Could you but, can, have you ever seen somebody more bored than Natalie Portman in those movies? No. 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 <laughs> Sitting. In the waiting room of my gynecologist's office, I have not seen people more bored than Natalie Portman in that movie. No, it's not. okay. So they're so they're both bad. Avengers two is just hot garbage, start to finish. The only redeeming feature in that entire movie is James Spader as Ultron. He's, yeah, he's magnificent. He's yeah. wonderful. Everything else is complete shit. Although you do get to see the Vision wearing a really bad Bill Cosby sweater. And that has some value, I feel. Yeah, there is that. Okay. Yeah, pur- but, <laughs> purple Chaucer. It's, oh God, it's so bad. But the first Avengers is legit a good movie. I, I, I like know. the Avengers I, I, until the last half hour. The, I, I just, like the punishing 40 minute blitz of action that this is why I, like, I'm so excited about movies like Logan this year is mm. that I think the big budget action movies are finally like, hey, you know what people don't seem to like? Being hit in the face with noise and computer animation for like mm. Thank a you. solid half hour. And like, like with the Avengers, I felt like there were no stakes either. Like everything just uh, felt really like weirdly distant and... Excuse me, like, Dave. Like a naked of... man almost killed Harry Dean Stanton by falling on him in the Avengers. I, I think those are pretty high stakes. Okay, Thank you. fair. I mean... It's okay. You, you are definitely right in that because it was very, very early in the in the whole oeuvre. That I don't I don't feel like any of them were, su- with the exception of Robert Downey Jr. Uh, as Iron Man. I don't think any of them were super comfortable. Yeah. Yet, like they like, didn't really know. Like they knew, like I am a superhero, but they didn't really know who they were as people. Yeah. So I, I think I think you're you're that's a fair criticism that it feels distant. Sure. And uh, man, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, the two best of those Marvel movies came out the year after Avengers, and it's Winter Soldier mm-hmm. and uh, Iron Man Three. Iron Man 3 Iron is Man Three is real good. Just a good movie. It really I, is. Have you seen Iron Man Three, Dave? I I saw the first one. No, 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 no. I'm not talking I about don't... John Favreau's "I'm Gonna Learn How to Make a Movie" uh, <laughs> hour. What Iron Man's fun. Iron Man's fine. It also involves Jeff Bridges offering somebody a piece of pizza and then pretty womaning them. That's a good scene. <laughs> but like it also that's another one where like you get to the last half hour and it's like, oh shit, we have to end this movie somehow. Okay, that's put, true. That's put, true. That's true. Put put Flynn from Tron into a big metal trash can. And have so, him punch okay, drop can we borrow the mech from Tron Bond? Can we do that? <laughs> and can we put Jeff Bridges in it? Spray paint it gray! No one will yeah. know it's Tron Bond's I mech. Just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I okay. don't feel any connection to the to the billionaire quip guy. Yeah, like I, but in, in 3, you, watch Iron Man 3. Just watch that movie, because you will love it. 
Do I, do I need to watch the other ones first? No. Oh, fuck no. No, you don't. And you okay. should. Don't, just skip. Oh, God. Two is so bad. Two is, I will say, though, I quote two regularly. <laughs> oh, which which part of it, of two do you it quote is, regularly? It is Mickey Rourke's creative pronunciation of, of bird. Bird. <laughs> bird. My bird. My, my bird. But I need, I want my bird. bird. What is what is that accent? Ru- like, it's his attempt at Russian. No, it's not Russian. It's that not. is, it is. It's, yeah. <laughs> Mickey Rourke, can you give me another reading? Like you just put a mouthful of rancid Nutella in your mouth. <laughs> can you give me that one? Bored. It made Great it. Oh, God. And then and then and, and oh, oh 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 the guy from Galaxy Quest and Moon. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Oh, Sam Rockwell. I don't know yeah. what movie he's in, but that movie looks great. <laughs> Way better. He is... Nobody is having more fun in any Marvel movie no. than yeah. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> but that's Sam Rockwell in every movie. That's true. Like, nobody is ever having as good a time as that guy. Yeah. Um. Holy shit. Wow, we, we went into it... I, this short and long of where we just went in this conversation is that Thor Ragnarok looks like... Oh my god! It looks so good! A panacea to, to the other stuff that we were talking about. That movie looks fun. Well, they got... They got... Um... They got this guy, the director of the that one like vampire mockumentary, to make this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I imagine if like that's that's why because they want to make it like super well, campy. Dave, do you know who made Iron Man three? Who wrote and directed it? I do not. It's Shane Black, dude. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah, dude. Oh. It's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang two is Iron Man three. It's it is. Oh, yeah, dude. It, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Shane Black. <laughs> Shane, Shane Black. Ma- Shane Black made an Iron Man movie. Yeah, Shane Black. And it's made, real good. And it's so good. It's just and Gwyneth Paltrow. Every now and again, Gwyneth Paltrow will do something, and she reminds you, like, oh, she's an awesome actress. Yep. Like, put the goop stuff aside. <laughs> like, let's act like goop doesn't exist. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and Google goop and Gwyneth Paltrow, and then try not to vomit. Uh, she's, she's, she'll tell you about her air cleanse that she'll... No. Oh. 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 What is even... What is... You're doing it is, now, aren't you? you just, of course you just, I am, because I don't just know what you're Googled about. Susan, do you feel like spending $12,000 on a purse made of loose-leaf paper? Because guess what? A lady <laughs> who named her child Apple's going to suggest you do that. That's... On her website called Goop. Gonna... Goop. It's a... Oh, her. Oh, so Goop is a lifestyle website. Sure is. What? Uh huh. Yep. What? Yeah. A very specific <laughs> lifestyle. Let's just say. When, a, when... a rich white person lifestyle. Mm-hmm. This is stupid. I'm not okay. No. Stop <laughs> when, it. Goop, when, just... when Goop first opened, wait, like ten years ago, a friend and I were going to see how much it would cost to. R- Open and host a website called Poog. Oh my god. <laughs> you, you'd be and, like the exact opposite. It's like, here's yes. how to tell if your pizza's still good after a week. Yeah, exactly. It was, it. it was just going to be like the best meal you could get at Taco Bell for $2. <laughs> but all in the voice of Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I mean, come on. Do what? 
white people do rich white people need a lifestyle site do they need a website telling them no hello rich white person let us help you spend your more money than god don't yeah. don't don't help poor people with it no 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 what you need is a cleanse mm-hmm. an air cleanse Yes. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Stop it. But yes, she's, yeah. a, she's a fine actress. She's a wonderful actress in Iron Man 3. Um, looks really good to sports bra. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we <laughs> we will, ended up in a weird place. We ended up in a weird place. Uh, there <laughs> might be a slight delay in the delivery of episode 77 next week. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a hiccup in uh, our production process for the podcast. Rest assured, we will be up and running almost immediately. Hopefully there's no interruption in the programming, but if episode 77 is perhaps a week late, know that the show is still coming. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, if not, definitely the week after. Goodbye. Bye. Have like a shark's fin. <laughs>